Hey, welcome to Gig News this morning with me, Chad, and Hannibal in Brooklyn. What's going on, man? It's early. <laughs> yeah. Early. I I was just telling Hannibal off off camera. I almost overslept because my I had my alarm. It's usually set till nine on the weekends. I forgot to change it back to eight, so I had a rush to uh, get everything. Actually, last night I put everything together and I just left the computer on. So. Uh, efficiency um, yeah most stuff's ready we got a couple of people in the chat gary middleton said this is too early eric the GigTube number one fan is here amy valet good morning so yeah welcome everybody um not a whole lot of huge news this week so but i mean i guess we'll just jump right into it this is something we talked about last year but i guess it's finally official DoorDash becomes major international competitor with close of Walt acquisition. Now, Walt is this Finnish, the DoorDash of Finland, I guess. Mm. DoorDash is no longer just a heavyweight United States San Francisco-based restaurant aggregator announced Wednesday. The completion of its acquisition of Helsinki-based aggregator Walt, growing the number of countries in which DoorDash operates nearly five-fold. The time of the initial announcement of the roughly $8 billion acquisition deal in November 2021, Tony Shu noted the opportunity for DoorDash to increase the sale of its international business multiple times over in a more efficient manner than if the company only expanded to new markets on its own, one by one. Additionally, he highlighted Wolt's non-food offerings as a chance to expand DoorDash, reach into additional categories of on-demand commerce. Uh, before acquiring Wolt, DoorDash considered taking over uh, Deliveroo, but the two aggregators are not able to reach an agreement. Since the rise of, to prominence of delivery aggregators around the world, DoorDash has stood out against its competitors for being in the unique position of maintaining the lead in the competitive United States market by a wide margin, but not having much of a presence internationally. As of the companies entering in New Zealand announced eight days ago, the aggregator had a presence in six countries. DoorDash also operates in Canada, Australia, Japan, and Germany. However, United States runner-up Uber Eats is available in 45 countries. GrubHub's parent company, Just Eat Takeaway, operates in 20 countries. Delivery Hero has a presence in around 50 countries, and Deliveroo is available in 12 countries. Now, Walt has catapulted the aggregator onto the international stage. In Wednesday's news release, DoorDash states that its delivery product is live in 27 countries today, 23 of which are with Walt product and brand. So, I mean, anyway, slice it. Uber Eats still has is in the most countries. I said it was in like 45 yeah. It looks like DoorDash is only in 27. So, but again, how, like, if Uber is global, why is their stock price, like, not, it's, it's so lousy, you know? I think Uber, do you think Uber, I know this is a story about DoorDash, but would Uber be better off splitting the company in two? Like, having the a whole rideshare company and then making Uber Eats its own separate company? That's a, that's an interesting question. I, I, I I don't think so because the the way I mean I don't know if you're able to still offer the services but still be separate maybe if that's possible because I know the Uber One, um, is like Dash Pass but Uber One is special because you're getting a discount for your ride share and your food delivery so I'm wondering uh -huh. that's probably not what they would want have the companies be separate, um, and uh, I, it's hard to see it's hard to know if if it's based on what they're doing, but I think I think it's a little bit what they're doing. Or is this everything is just lagging behind? Like, well, like there's so many different industries, especially the ones that are dealing with um, food delivery or even delivering people. 
that everyone is down a little bit. So, I, you know, I, I don't know, actually. I, so Uber, what's the biggest uh, European, just go European, like what's the biggest European um, platform for food delivery? Is it Uber Eats? Uh, uh, Deliveroo? I don't even know. Probably Deliveroo. What's well, it? Mm. Delivery Hero is around 50 countries. Deliveroo is in 12 countries. Yeah. I mean, and then there's Jet, which is Grubhub's parent company. We'd have to like see like their uh, stock price and, and yeah. it depends on how much you're, I mean, you'd be in 50 countries and still be not quite as big as the other countries, but. Um, what do you think? Is this a good, or this is a solid um, buy by DoorDash? It seems like they don't, they it, they want to expand as fast as possible without any, yeah. well, not only the hard work, but the the idea of how to get this to work in new markets. Like he's like, we'll just buy our way in, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, you buy your way in, but you know things are run differently in um, many of the markets in Europe compared to here. But yeah, they they want to jump in. I mean, DoorDash is in Tokyo, right? <laughs> you know, so yeah, and this makes me worried. Like, is DoorDash going to raise prices now? Because I just now they're on. They just made an eight billion dollar purchase, and I mean, I we saw what happened with probably happened before. But they had to know things were going to go downhill. So hopefully they were smart and realized, like, yeah, things are not going to go well. Because I think they were trying to acquire the company last year, right? So mm-hmm. um, hopefully they thought about this. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, yeah, I mean, Jet, you know, is t- trying to dump Grubhub. And, uh, I mean, we talked about that last week. But I don't know. It's like, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, so... As of today, this kind of seems like, I don't know if I'd go as far as say a dumb move or a stupid move, but maybe maybe just not the wisest move. You know, maybe like DoorDash and all the, the gig app companies, as uh, Steve Johnson pointed out on his podcast, which I think you and Kim and Gary were on uh, last, last week, mm-hmm. he was saying like, you know, so far none of these companies have turned a profit and then <laughs> all, all of them their stock price has gone down since their IPO. Yeah. So I, I don't know. We, we need to get like an industry insider here. Somebody who can explain this stuff. You know, uh, we need a, uh, what, was, what was the name of that Leonardo DiCaprio character in Wolf of Wall Street? You know, somebody, well, he, well, then again, he was a stockbroker, not, uh, you know, somebody who like, worked in the industry. But Yeah, like industry insider. I think this is probably a deal that they done before they were doing before the internet. I don't know if they had the chance to back out. Would they have backed out? Probably, probably. I'm assuming because right mm-hmm. now, unless they really, really need to expand, and then that's another strategy of DoorDash is expanding as fast as possible. Yeah, like maybe it was just a necessary purchase, like it was a necessary means to get in new markets that they weren't in the day before. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, by the way, uh. So Chris from Real Rideshare Stories is here. What's going hey, on, Chris, man? How you doing? Good. How you doing? Really good. Yeah, we, I don't know if you saw this news, but you know, DoorDash has uh, looks like they completed their purchase of Walt, which I had never heard of until that news broke. But um, I don't know if you saw what we were just saying or heard what we were just saying. I should say. But um, you have any anything to add on this? Uh, <clears throat> no, I didn't hear what you were saying. I'm um, just getting. Get over. Uh, so the yeah, I mean, I guess they're not going with Lyft, <laughs> which new, uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, I mean, yeah, I've never heard of that company either. So 
that's the the one in um europe right yeah finland actually okay there's a few oh. there's jesse takeaway i think they're out of um the netherlands delivery hero and deliveroo mm -hmm. and i know in china yeah. there's dd global but that's more of like a rideshare company yeah yeah i mean it makes sense that these companies are going to try to again consolidate and then also just try to grow their footprint um mm -hmm. you know so instead of just being in you know the u.s market or uh, wherever you know they're they're trying to to go into a global direction so mm -hmm. it only makes sense that they're trying to do that um and again you know some of these small companies that pop up they're probably going to get gobbled up by other companies uh when it comes down to it just for you know getting into that mm -hmm. particular market that particular uh country whatever it might be yeah by the way you know usually i do the show at night and i'm drinking beer but since it's nine in the morning i'm drinking uh well, you can't see it. Oh, there you go. I'm drinking my coffee here. Oh, if you say you're drinking beer, I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that much of a lush. <laughs> yeah. You got to drink the morning margarita or the morning uh, the OJ and vodka. Mimosas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be excellent right now. I should get some brunch. Oh, yeah. Gary said it helps to buy a company overseas instead of start up there since they're already established. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Makes sense. I, I just don't know how big Walt is overseas. You know, are they. Are they the DoorDash of Europe? Or are they like the the waiter of Europe? And look real quick. They they up well. Tony Shu said they operate in twenty three markets, and of which twenty two will be new for DoorDash. I mean, that, mm. so I guess that's something. Uh, that they they operate in Germany, Poland, Chechnya. So, mm -hmm. pronounce that right? I don't know, but it helps. That's, yeah, yeah. Right, let's move on. Um, so. Good thing Chris is here because he's the the real Roger guy. Well, real Roger story. So this is a uh, Uber was getting sued, and it looks like they um, beat the rap on this one. This is from Bloomberg. Uber escapes liability for sexual assaults by imposter drivers. Uber lacked any duty to protect rideshare users from criminals posing as drivers, and thus would avoid liability to three men who alleged they were lured by the company's decals and sexually assaulted. A California appeals court said three months. What was that? There's an echo somewhere. Let me mute, mute you guys' mic until I'm done. Uh, the rape scheme may have been foreseeable to Uber, but the crimes weren't a necessary component of the company's app or actions. Justice Francis Rothschild, really Rothschild, <laughs> said Wednesday for the California Court of Appeals, 2nd District, the alleged actions of Uber and two related companies didn't create the risk that criminals would take advantage of the existence of the Uber app, she said. Nor did Uber have a common carrier relationship with the women at the time they were waiting for the rides that would create a duty to protect their safety. And their contractual relationship doesn't create such a duty either. The women allege Uber allows its decals to be printed at home by anyone with a computer and a printer. That's true. Each of the plaintiffs are, alleges that a car with a different license plate from one they were assigned, but bearing an Uber decal and drove up before the authorized car. Two plaintiffs didn't try to match the license plate while one did, but accepted an explanation from the driver. Uh, all three were allegedly sexually assaulted. The appeals court affirmed the dismissal of their suit on the facts alleged the Uber entities were not in a special relationship with the Jane Doe's that would give rise to a duty to protect the Jane Doe's against third-party assaults or to warn them about the same. All right, so, um, yeah, I, I think I see why Uber was able to dismiss this case because they said um, the Jane Doe's didn't match the license plate with what was in the app. Although it does, they make a good point that Uber lets anybody 
um, just print out an Uber decal, or at least it's easy to. I just don't know. Um, I mean, I feel bad for these women, but it's like anybody can pose as anything. Like you could get like a UPS or a FedEx uniform and pretend to be a U. And actually, there was another story I didn't carry, but there was uh, a, a burglar dressed up as an Uber Eats delivery driver, and he actually had the Uber Eats, the official Uber Eats cooler or whatever, and uh, broke into somebody's house that way. So I don't know. Does the, do these companies, you know, if somebody pretends to be them, are that should they be held liable? Chris, I'll let you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a, I have a few things to say on this one. Um, for, first off, I, I, honestly, I'm going to stand with Uber on this one because, you know, they are first controlling so much, and then it's not the intent of these them to to have these people doing that. This is this is just pure evil doing what pure evil is doing. Um, so essentially, you know, I mean, I can go on Google and I can search the Uber logo or whatever logo and then impersonate somebody. Um, it's not just going on to like the company's website or something like that. So the whole thing is that I always say you need to verify your car of who you're getting into. You know, yeah. I've, I've That's seen stories of people. Hmm? Yeah. I've seen people in stories where they're talking about how, if you are um, not paying attention, people will get into your car and you're not even an Uber driver. They'll just get yeah. in your car. They see somebody sitting there and they think it's an Uber. So the thing is, it's, it's really on the passenger to find out, you know, you have all this information, you have the picture of the person, you have the car make and model, and you have the license plate. Verify all of those. And then also be smart. Turn on the pin code. Like, I don't know why that's gotten brushed under the, under the table, but that pin code is, is huge because the ride will not start. And you know you're paired with the correct driver and you know you're paired with the correct passenger. And there's nothing else that can happen with that pin. That should well, be something. This this might have been before they started doing the pin thing, and also, um, like, what if like you call an Uber on your account, but it's for like your wife, husband, son, daughter, so, so it's for somebody else, yep. you know, and so that that because that happened, I haven't done rideshare in a long long time, but that happens to me all the time because, mm -hmm. um, actually, and when I did Lyft last year, like around uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Lyft didn't do a pin code, at least not in Orlando. And, you know, every once in a while, somebody is waiting outside the house and they're like, are you Chad? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, this is my mom ordered this for me, you know, or, or it's like, you know, a man shows up and it's a woman in the account or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my wife's account. This is my husband's account. This is my mom or dad's account, you know. Um, I, Hannibal takes Uber as a rider often. So I'd be curious on, on your end. Like when, when the car shows up, are you, you know, do you, uh, you know, match up the license plate or do you just go by like the make and model or do you check the, cause like it also has a picture of the driver yeah. in the app. So like as an Uber rider, like what do you do to, uh, but, um, from the very first time I started Uber using Uber when I didn't have a car, I would see stories about exactly what. Uh, so these women went through where they will just jump into a car 
and something bad will happen. So from the very early beginning, I always check the license plate. I don't care if there's a lot of traffic behind this car and he's trying to gesture me over. I always check the license plate. It's extremely important. So even if I do order or Uber for someone else, um, you know, even I will say like, make sure, make sure the license plate match, like just make sure it's good. Um, I'm making sure like, even if they get in the car, I know that they're traveling because you can order Ubers for other people. You can put their number in or the name in there. So you can even track them and see where they're traveling. So I do all that, even when I order Ubers for other people. So yeah, Uber is not necessarily liable for this situation. Um, Maybe they can do a little better with finding a way to get only members to print out the decals. But like you guys said, there's so many scams out there. So easy to put things together online and offline. You got to be careful. You have to pay attention. You have to pay attention to your surroundings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. like I said, I feel bad for these women. Um, and hopefully they can sue the the perpetrators, you know, but I mean, they, those guys probably don't have any money. But, um, you know, it's just the, this is one of the, the, the things that the gig haters are often harping on is is like these situations. It's like when you let, when you have such a low or essentially zero barrier to entry is that, you know, anyone with a pulse who can do the job will do the job. And also, I mean, we, how many stories are there of actual Uber and Lyft drivers being dicks? Like, you know, well, no pun intended, uh, you know, committing crimes like this, although it does go in both directions of passengers assaulting drivers as well. So, um, I mean, we could do a whole show on, on those issues, but um, I just wanted to talk about this particular story. So let's move on. This is a, uh, Something Hannah and I have been talking about since the beginning of the show, since he's in New York, about the ultra-fast deliveries. This is from the Washington Post. This is a really long story, so I'm just going to highlight uh, a few bullet points here. How Russia, not Russian, Russia sanctions help kill 15-minute delivery in New York. Days after the invasion of Ukraine, ultra-fast delivery startup Bike declared bankruptcy and laid off all 900s of American employees. And I really, really bury the lead here, so I'm just going to get down to the, the crux of the article. Bike. With the U.S. subsidiary of Samocat, which means scooter, one of Russia's most popular grocery delivery services, Bike launched in New York in September of 2021. Although Bike was incorporated in the United States, co-founders, can't pronounce her name, <laughs> were also the founders of Samocat. Bike started to unravel on February 24th. The United States immediately targeted 10 of Russia's largest financial institutions, cutting Spurbank, Sabirbank, probably, Russia's largest bank, off from the U.S. financial system. But the actions against Spurbank would prove fatal, choking Bike off from a source of cash at a critical point in its development. Uh, while the founders are not on any sanctions list, the, ancient, the actions against the bank affected their ability to continue to fund the business, according to the Chapter 11 filing. So did the banking restrictions imposed by Putin, Putin on February 28th that banned residents from sending money to bank accounts abroad. When the evasion began, the founders were providing bridge financing because Bike was in between rounds of financing. Um, and then they mentioned rival delivery startup Frigil Moore, which also had Russian founders investors shut down March 10th, laying off all 600 workers. So this is a really, like I said, it's a really long story. It's an interesting read if you have time to sit down and read it. But it it's it's interesting because like, you know, Hannibal and I were saying, you know, this market's oversaturated. There's probably the demand for ultra fast delivery just isn't there. And then to read this and you find out that that wasn't necessarily it. It's just because bike in Frigilmore, at least because they were Russian-owned, Russian-backed when the Ukraine war and the sanctions going from in both directions. 
um, really had a lot to do with that. So, I mean, so, you know, Getter uh, has been having problems and GoPuff are still around in Gorillas. Um, so we'll see what the future holds them, but because they're not Russian, um, I don't know. Hannibal, were you surprised when you heard this? No, no, there's too many, there's too many 15 fast delivery companies in New York. So they eventually things will have, would, would had to have been either someone's getting um, brought or they'd be like dissolved completely. I never used bike. I never use fridge no more. Um, I'm not sure. I, again, it, it works really well in really dense areas. So like in Williamsburg or downtown Brooklyn, Manhattan, mm-hmm. you know, over there where it's very tight and there's people with a lot of money. So they, you know, they want things as fast as possible, but this is unfortunate. I mean, the whole idea of sanctions is supposed to dissuade, you know, you know, Putin from continuing doing what he's doing. And he's not, he's not being um, manipulated, not manipulated. He's not being um, worried about sanctions, but everyone else in his circle really, you know, investors, they're going to, they're the ones that are getting hit by this sanction stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it doesn't surprise me. He's probably done. This probably went a little faster, you know, fridge no more a bike from being like dissolved. I think eventually it was going to happen, but it just sped up the situation because of the sanctions. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? Um, yeah, pretty much what Hannibal just said too. Um, I guess finally something you see that uh, um, is actually caused by Russia when it comes down to it. Um, mm. So yeah, it's it's uh, like like I said, all these companies that are popping up, you know, they're just trying to get a piece of the pie, and you know, they uh, it's a lot of money to start these up. And mm. you know, if if something happens where you get something like this, where you know their funding is completely choked off due to sanctions, then you know, it, it's going to cause cause a huge ripple effect when it comes down to these companies trying to grow. But um, I mean, beyond that, when it comes to, to these companies, um, yeah, I guess it depends. Is there the, the demand there and then who's using it and all those types of things come into play, mm-hmm. too? OK, by the way, this is usually where we take a break, but um, I think all of us are in a rush today. So I'm just going to we're just going to keep rolling. <laughs> Oh, crazy legs 007. Is he really in his car? No, that's a green screen. It looks like you're back in your studio, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I able to get back in. Yeah. Uh, no, also, this, this is a picture of my car, though, yeah. from my dash camera. Yeah, but it'd be, cool. it'd be sitting cool. between the, the bucket seats. <laughs> no, I, said, I was telling Chris, you got to move the, the picture so it looks like you're sitting in the driver's seat because you're sitting between the, the two bucket seats up front, you know? Uh, or or take a picture of the backseat so it makes it look like you're in the backseat. That'd be funny. Or, or yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't have that screen loaded, so I have it where I'm like moved over up over here, and then I have the yeah. the steering wheel actually in front. Um, so if you check out my my other channel, Scammer Jammer, where I call scammers, uh, me and my cohort were in the car mm-hmm. when we we're going to get pick up gift cards, and so he's sitting over he's sitting over here, I'm sitting over here, and um, it looks like we're driving because then I actually have um you know back here all moving so mm-hmm. i took uh dash cam footage from driving around and so yeah i can make it look like i'm driving if you want <laughs> yeah it's cool yeah you know my computer's not uh streamyard i think lets you actually have a moving background if you have like a high enough processor but uh i guess my computer is not strong uh fast enough to do that anyway I just said I wanted to make this show shorter, so but going off on this tangent. All right, let's get back to uh, 
this isn't exactly super hard news, but it's it's. I thought it was really interesting, and actually, I disagree with a lot of what, what they say in this article. This is from RestaurantBusinessOnline.com. Why gig workers are choosing to transport people instead of pizza? Uber and Lyft drivers prefer their flexibility and better pay, according to a new study by BTIG, which suggested pizza chains may need to change their business model to compete. Uh, people who want uh, who drive for a living, yeah, we just saw that. Um, Understand what might be causing a shortage of delivery drivers that has stung Domino's and Pizza Hut recently. The firm found that flexibility in hours and workdays was drivers' top criteria when choosing who to drive for, outpacing even pay. 44% of respondents said flexibility was the number one factor. Pay was also a significant factor as four in 10 drivers said they make more money driving people around rather than a pizza. This is where I really disagree. According to BTIG analysis, Uber East drivers earn an average of almost about $15 an hour, while Uber drivers earn $20. I totally disagree with that. Making food delivery less attractive than rideshare and even less so for brands that require more rigid schedules. Gas prices have also had an impact on driver supply. As the cost of fueling up hits historic highs, 30% of drivers said fuel reimbursements paid played a big part in their decision to drive for Uber or Lyft. Gas prices have also been a deterrent. 39% of drivers surveyed said gas prices are keeping them from taking a food delivery job. To get more drivers, restaurants will need to act more like ride-sharing companies. That means giving them more control of their schedules, paying them more, and or adding a fuel surcharge. The firm also suggested that restaurants should think about creating subscription programs like DoorDash's Dash Pass, which has helped get customers to order more often. That keeps drivers busier so they make more money. All right, so a couple things to unpack here. First of all, I don't know who they talk to, but I don't know anyone except maybe Sergio who makes more money doing rideshare than delivery driving. And second of all, I mean, it's not my opinion, but it's just a fact. It's a fact, in my opinion, that you're going to drive way more miles doing rideshare than if you're doing food delivery. If you're in food delivery, especially like doing DoorDash, where you're like, there's literally a geographic boundary you can't go outside of, you, you know, you're just not going to be driving miles. When I've done Uber and Lyft, just on a six to eight hour day, I might do 150 to 200 miles. But if you're doing food delivery, if you do more than a hundred miles, even in an eight hour shift, that's, that's insane. And actually doing Instacart shipped and corner shop, you drive even less miles than Uber Eats, Grubhub and DoorDash. So I don't know who they talk to, but, and also, and, and they said that they were worried about um, gas prices, but again, you're going to drive way more miles doing rideshare than if you're working for um, Domino's Pizza Hut Papa John's. So, I mean, I guess if they're comparing a W2, uh, well, I mean, actually, yeah, I mean, I would probably rather be an Uber or Lyft driver than a W2 pizza delivery driver. Cause I, but I, I don't, I think they're kind of comparing apples and oranges in this article. Um, Chris, I'm, I'm going to let you have the floor on this one. I'm not sure what your take is. All right. Well, first off, let, let's split it into three categories because there's, there's, you know, you get a job at a local pizzeria and your driver, which I did that for eight years and I made bank. Um, and I drove, a, you know, a small amount compared to, so, um, I mean, I work 40, 50 hours there and it was great, great money for when I was working there. And yeah, then you go to Uber and Lyft rideshare, uh, which is its own unique thing. And again, that's, that's completely apples to oranges when you think about it. Um, so when you transport people, yeah, you're probably going to make more at least I make more when it comes to Uber and Lyft versus food delivery, like Uber Eats or DoorDash. Um, you know, when I first started doing Uber Eats in my market, when it first came, it wasn't worth it. So, <clears throat> so I just went right back to uh, Uber and Lyft because I was making more money and, you know, still continue 
that route. But if you're looking at rideshare versus a job, uh, yeah, I don't know why they're comparing the two, but you know, it's you're you're going to drive a lot less. You're going to make more. You know, for me, I made minimum wage plus you know a fuel surcharge plus tips when it came to uh, W two when I was working at the pizzeria. So I would clear you know anywhere from six hundred to a thousand dollars a week just doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's this was years ago before before the wages doubled. So you know you'd probably get more than that at this point. Um, probably clear about a thousand dollars a week but again you're working 40 to, to 50 hours um and then you know it, with rideshare that same 40 to 50 hours depending on where you are could be fifteen hundred dollars i mean it could be less it's just depending on where you are so yeah when it comes down to it it's i think preference and some of these articles that come out it's like yeah where are you getting some of this information from because i mean it just doesn't make any sense when you compare the when you compare them that way yeah yeah i agree what do you think, Anwell? Well, the the says the study is surveyed only three hundred drivers, so yeah, that doesn't help when that's not enough of a sample size to understand it, what's. It doesn't say on. where either. Is it was it nationwide or like in yeah, the it, West Coast, it, East Coast? What? I'm sure maybe they'll have some notes in the bottom. I'm not sure, but yeah, that's not enough people to um, understand what's really going on. I guess it would make sense if they they surveyed also the food delivery drivers, not just uh, ride share. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking my, to myself, right now, would I rather be a W two employee in New York City or wherever, or at least in New York City as a Domino's driver or do food delivery? I probably would go with food delivery. And I think um, based on at least based on this survey, flexibility is the most important thing. Yeah, and that as gig workers, that's what that's what whole thing is about being flexible and the W2 does not to provide it because you have to, you know, basically have a shift. You're already, you already like agreed to it. You know, you're not going to be able to turn it off and turn it on. So I, but I am interested to know like why people, why Domino's, why, why pizza, why are these delivery drivers? There's not a lot of them, right? Is it the mm-hmm. pay? Is it just the lack of flexibility? It's not flexible enough. Do they have to change their model to compete yeah. with the food delivery and ride share? Because it is different jobs, but they are people in cars driving around. So like Domino's might have to realize, okay, what can we do? Pay more, put more money out there. I mean, uh, yeah, that's something they got to figure out. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder in New York or like anywhere really, um, do pizza, like, well, Domino's pizza, Papa John's, those drivers, can you still pay cash at the door? Like in the old days, or is it all just online now? You can pay cash. I mean, Papa John's that might be... do the apps. Um, Domino's is the only one that has their own drivers, but yeah. you could say we could say pay um, by cash or. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that might be something that turns people off from being pizza delivery drivers, is because they don't want to handle cash, especially in a bad neighborhood. You know, mm-hmm. I, I always, I never have. I mean, I, I don't, I can't speak for your guys' cities and demographics and all that stuff, but I mean, here in the Orlando area, I've never, I've never worried about like getting mugged. Because I think everybody knows that, you know, GrubDash, Eats drivers, Instacart drivers, we don't carry cash. The customers aren't hand- paying us in cash. You know, so if they're going to try to mug me, it's just going to be the $5 that I have in my wallet. You know, I actually don't even really carry cash hardly anymore. Mm-hmm. So that might be another issue why uh, the big pizza chains have trouble finding drivers. It's because people don't want to handle cash because they're worried about getting mugged. 
or oh, worse. Possibility. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's let's keep keeping on. This is uh, we got an Instacart story here. Oddly enough, it's from a local news. A baby forming a surge surge searches surging as store shelves remain empty. Well, it's actually by CNN, but this local news picked it up. Instacart said searches for baby formula hit a record high in mid-May, but the on-demand grocery delivery site is struggling to fulfill orders because stores remain severely understocked amid the ongoing national formula shortage. The company said searches for formula surged 245% week over week as of May 16th. At the same time, Instacart said its personal shoppers who pick, pack, and deliver orders continue to... I lost my place. Uh... At the same time, Instacart says personal shoppers pick, pack, and deliver orders continue to counter encounter widespread shortages, and that at that rate, which they are able to find formula on store shelves, has plummeted 52% since the beginning of May. Instacart said it has seen an 80% jump in refunds during that period as a result. In most instances, its personal shoppers have not been able to fulfill requests for specific, for specific brands or accepting replacements for them. Although Instacart doesn't hold any products in inventory itself, the company said that as of next week, it will implement a purchase limit on formula to help families get access to it. Inscart said its purchase limit is on top of any individual retailer's imposed limits. If a retailer limit is stricter than Inscart's, it will honor the retailer's limit. So, um, yeah, we've been hearing about this baby formula shortage for a while now. And oh, it's, it's, Inscart seems to be behind the times. They're just now enacting a, uh, um, a limit on what people can buy. Although, you know, what's funny. I, I was thinking about it and, you know, in the four years that I've been doing Instacart, I don't think I've ever had an order for baby formula. I've had baby food like in the jar and the plastic cups and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever once uh, had an order for baby formula. So um, I don't know. Does this say more about Instacart or does it just say more about the economy in general? I mean, well, it's definitely, like it's, it's definitely what's happening and uh, you know you don't want to get political here <laughs> certain decisions that were made <laughs> that the administration knew a while ago <laughs> like hey this is uh going short and you know again i'm not going to include any politics but um i feel bad for all the instacart shoppers who had to go out there and try to get the formula didn't have it and if there was an uninformed customer gave them a bad rating did instacart take care of that make sure that that's not happening hopefully that that it's not, but I, you know, I would think I'm not the most optimistic about Instacart, to be honest. So I'm just really, you know, I feel bad for the shoppers and what they have to deal with because this is not, yeah. you know, it's not under their control. What do you think, Chris? Uh, yeah. I mean, first off, the, the article's more about the times itself. And I think people are trying to look for like shortcuts to try to try to find what they're looking for. So when it comes to things like, formula and stuff like that then um i think people are thinking oh maybe i can try doing it this way and you know maybe they have some sort of inside where they can get it versus going to the store um beyond that i i mean i don't know um but yeah this is i mean this is something that's that's just an overall aspect and i think mm -hmm. customers just need to realize that to begin with versus uh something where it's you know onto the shopper or you know, if the shopper's got to take the brunt end of it, because that's that's not what it should be. It should be that people are, you know, more mm -hmm. common sense than that. But you know, that can that can. This is the, it. Kind of reminds me of like when COVID first broke out, and like you couldn't get toilet paper or baby wipes or anything like that. Um, and I, I mean, there's been a lot of shortages lately. And uh, if any Instacart ship corner shop shoppers are out there watching, 
This is a note that I send to customers when I first start shopping. It says, please be advised that grocery stores are experiencing supply chain shortages. The app will send you an automated message for each product that is unavailable. I replace any out-of-stock items with your pre-selected backups or with comparable substitutes. It's actually more. If you'd, rather, if you'd rather be refunded, I can do that. Thanks for your patience and understanding. Um, yeah, so I recommend sending that if you're, like I said, Instacart, Ship, Corner Shop Shopper, or even if like Uber Eats or, or DoorDash, you're doing like Walgreens, some CVS, stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. um, people are under the impression that if they order through the apps, that like it's like reserved, like it's reserved for them. And like they, you know, they put it in a special section or like they're guaranteed to get it. But um, they're not. Even if you order like uh like directly through the store like if you go like you can order Publix through the Publix app and then just farm it out to instacart or like bj's costco like you know those types of stores you can order through their app and actually follow the shopper on the bj's or costco app or whatever and you know a lot of people don't know that they they farm out the delivery in the shopping to instacart or ship or corner shop or whatever so um keep that in mind is is, is the uh theme of this so let's let's keep keeping on um this one is from marketplace.org industry shakeup signal change for grocery delivery there's not a whole lot of new news on here in fact maybe i'll just skip this we'll, we'll go through this real quick so one of the darlings of the early pandemic days when people were too scared to leave their homes was grocery delivery now its future looks a little cloudy the number of amazon prime members who buy groceries on the site is trending down according to data from CoreSite research and a bunch of those ultra-fast delivery startups recently filed for bankruptcy. Meanwhile, Instacart plans to go public. Shopping trips became special because they marked the passage of time. In short, everything about shopping chain, said Aran Sudaram, a, a retail analysis at CFRA Research, and no retailer was really prepared for that. It's why we're seeing an industry shakeup. Walmart, the largest grocery chain, is expanding its in-home delivery service. Meanwhile, Instacart has slashed its valuation by almost 40%. But even though some people have taken to buying milk and bread online, many are going back to stores in person. They feel safe again and are worried about inflation. Supermarkets aren't just worried about inflation. They're also grappling with supply chain problems. It's especially true for apps that focus on last-minute orders and promise delivering 15 minutes or less. If we don't have one of the products you need for your di- dinner tonight, chances are you won't order from us, said Adam something of uh, Gorillas. Because if you have to run to the store for taco shells, what's the point of ultra-fast delivery? Yeah, um... Not a whole lot of new news on here, but it's just kind of pointing out that, you know, the the thing about inflation is like people are shopping for themselves again. So, and I, I mean, if you're an Instacart shopper like me, you've definitely noticed that there's less orders. Um, and what they, they didn't, they didn't mention this article, which they should have, is that people aren't, because of inflation, they're going to eat in. Well, they did mention that, but so they're going to use Grubdash Eats a lot less because I assume, especially with DoorDash, with you know, like they just bought an eight billion dollar company, um, they're going to need to recoup that money somehow. So they're going to start raising prices, I think. So, um, like I said, not a whole lot to talk about on this one. I don't even know why I added it. You guys, anybody have anything to add? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of predictable, you know. Yeah. These these companies came around, pandemic hit and exploded because everybody's like i don't know what to do i got to stay inside and now mm-hmm. everything's relaxed everything's pretty much back to where it was before uh mm-hmm. minus a couple of little different news surges or something but you know it was predictable you could have probably thought about that you know a couple of months into the pandemic saying oh once everything's open everybody's going to go back to what they're doing it's same thing now i mean you know how much more are you spending on an instacart order versus going to the store yourself and then same thing with you know just the 
the DoorDash and, and Uber Eats and all that, um, how much more are you spending? So if you're trying to, to, to save up, that's exactly what you want to do is, is save up, go to the store yourself, get the food you want, and then make it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, anything to add, Hannibal? I, like I said, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of revelations. I mean, yeah, that article. Even, even my me, I am... Um, be more disciplined with my money, you know, like not spending yeah. as frivolously as I was maybe a, a month ago. I mean, we all got to do that. So mm -hmm. um, let's move on. So this is from, I think this is in Jacksonville. It's a local news station. Oddly enough, this video, you would think they have like way more views, only 682 views. And this is from three days ago. Um, this, and this reminds me of something that I brought up on my channel. I did a survey and I said, you know, with, because gas prices are going up, how are you making up the? Because whenever gas prices go up or expenses in general go up, it just eats into our profit. So the only way to recoup that is to either work longer hours, or to like really up your your standards, um, which that which isn't a guarantee. It's like you could like you can if you're already a cherry picker and then like you're going to be a super cherry picker, like having to wait for those those orders to come in that actually meet your threshold can be few and far between. So this is this is a pretty short um, two-minute video from a local news station about basically that. So I'm just going to play this. Why is there no sound? Can you guys hear it? Good morning, Keith. Uh, well, for that first a little bit, question, yeah. A little bit, yeah. expert I spoke with says that there are so many different factors and depending on world events that could impact how this goes. As for delivery drivers, it's more simple. These higher prices mean at the end of the day, they are driving home with less money. You just do on your own vehicle and not get in This Uber Eats driver needs to remain anonymous. Says she's making a lot less than she did before gas prices started climbing. I don't have money to buy a new tire. It's just crazy. She stopped accepting deliveries that are small, saying she could be driving miles and miles for an order that only adds up to a few bucks. Uber now charges a gas surcharge of 45 to 55 cents on each Uber ride, the money going to the driver. DoorDash created a gas rewards program for drivers to get cash back at the pump. When could there be some relief? We caught up with Jacksonville University finance professor Abdel Musa before he got on a plane, something also impacted by fuel prices. My own opinion, I do think we're close to the peak. He says there are a lot of buts depending on what road we're led down in world events. As for the road ahead with this delivery driver, that's uncertain too. And after putting that kind of wear and tear on you, you need to have something to show for it. There are some world events that that financial expert is especially keeping a close eye on to see over what those are in power. Live in Riverside, Renoski. You saw the story. Um, not a whole lot to add there. I, I I would be interested because also with local news is that they can't get into the, you know, deep into the weeds with these types of issues. Um uh, you know, I, I would be curious to see like what was this driver's like threshold? Was she just accepting anything? Um, you know, what's your? I'll ask you guys. Like, do you have? 
what's your standards when it comes to well chris i know you don't really do delivery as much as we do but like what is your um have even as a rideshare driver do you prefer short rides long rides or something in between uh well for the ride side honestly because we didn't switch over to the upfront pricing we still have so it doesn't have that rate rebalancing um mm -hmm. my uber threshold is a lot different from lyfts uh when it comes down to it so if i see a ride um, you know, it depends on the distance, but for Uber, it's going to be a little bit longer. So usually it's like 12 minutes or so, um, or certain mileage, but it depends on, you know, if it's going on the throughway or the highway or something, um, when it comes to the distance to pick up, but when it comes to lift, it's like, you know, seven, eight minutes max away, mm -hmm. uh, just because otherwise you could get rerouted. Um, but when it comes to the ride itself, honestly, you know, the longer, the better at this point right now, but if they decide to add that rate rebalancing where they have the upfront earning all that going on, then yeah, you're just going to want to take short trips because that's what, what's going to maximize. So you got to go where the money is at that point. But right now, currently, yeah, longer rides are better because you have somebody in the car and you're making that wage where it's not being rebalanced or anything. Have you found, like, are you working longer hours to make up for, you know, because gas is more expensive or are you just essentially taking a pay cut like if you work let's say you work like theoretically you work the exact same number of hours every week and if gas goes up then it can only eat into your earnings so are you are you doing anything to aside from just strategies um honestly it's actually gotten it i would say right now it's a wash it, on both fronts because people are the people who are tipping seem to tip a little bit more mm -hmm. um so that's good they're helping to offset that cost uh, so, you know, I've, I've always had around a 30 to 40% uh, tip rate. And, uh, you know, when you wow. have a certain amount, um, it usually tended to go up as the price goes up. Um, and then it's, ju it's just being selective of when going out. So instead of, you know, being out more, I'm actually out a little bit less and, you know, trying to offset it um, differently. So uh, the good thing is I don't rely on this as an income. You know, this is like secondary and I've always made it that way. So I'm mm -hmm. always having something, you know, else going on that's going to help yeah. continue. Uh, so I don't like just sitting in in the gig arena itself. I like, you know, having uh, different different areas. So if something goes down, then you know I can can kind of offset it somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this comment from uh, Gary Milton. He said, "Right here, there isn't much you can do since you're paid per mile, so longer is better." I think he means like longer ride. Longer rides are better, but not longer pickups. Like you want as hmm. short to the the shortest distance to the pickup as possible, and then the longest yep. to well, actually, there is there is such thing as too long of a ride because if you go all the way to the other side of the state, you got to drive all the way back. You know, um, so um, Hannibal, are you? doing anything uh to make up for you know increasing prices and all that are you working longer hours or what's your um, strategy i'm similar to chris i this you know i have the main thing with taking care of the animals so that that takes majority of my um that helps me by my income so i have driven less because that when you look at the offers and i'm did i get they're just not worth it. Um, I use curry. That's usually in like the mornings and afternoons. That's pretty good, but that's not constant. You can't have a full-time income using the curry app. But in terms of the food delivery stuff, I'll turn it on. And if it's just not working, I'll, you know, and then there's times where I can't, you know, dash now because um, I guess 
they don't need that many drivers at, at that point. So I definitely, I am fortunate that I'm able to do other things. Um, but two years ago, it was all food delivery. Now it's a different ratio. Yeah. But I wanted to highlight this comment from this person. I'm not ignoring you. Sorry. From Payment Ali. Store employees are doing shopping apps after their shifts when they don't get enough hours. And the shopping apps I'm on no longer offer instant cash out option. I haven't seen that. In fact, Instacart just introduced that where um, they would let you cash out after what, like two hours or something because that to help stop the uh, tip baiting and all that. And he said, it's almost like they get a store employee without having to report W2 taxes. Uh, Gary said, uh, for long, I didn't know Hannibal had a car. <laughs> One of the very few we, we ever see, we never seen his vehicle. Yeah. I think some of your earlier videos, you were in your car. Um, and I, I was always big. Like, I always say like, Ride alongs are kind of lame, but I'd like to see them from people that have never done them. So I, I would love to see a day in the life Nug style ride along. I'm sure Hannibal could do it. So, um, mm -hmm. speaking of New York City, this is from New York Post. This is we got to be careful on what we show and talk about here. This YouTube's going to nuke this video. Um, so this is about a um, Uber is appalled after woman films driver cranking it outs him on Twitter. You know, I, I think if you said the actual word, the YouTube AI would flag it. But if you use a uh, vernacular or whatever, it's fun. But New York Post, I guess they really love their puns. What a jerky thing to do. A vexed digital vixen is calling out Uber for allegedly deactivating her subscription after she claimed to have caught an Uber driver masturbating during her ride. <laughs> and unsurprisingly, the unsavory scene rubbed her the wrong way. Where's I need the the rim shot, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, Jason at uh, Giga Economy Podcast. He has that. Uh, so Uber t canceled my account because that driver complained about me without hearing my side of the story. Tweeted the woman, virtually known as Nubian Matriarch or Madame Caramel, on Tuesday. Look at your driver. Hence why I cussed him and his mother. Added Caramel, an award-winning dominatrix and only models fan from London. Her trending Twitter testimonial, which has amassed more than 11,000 views, features footage of what appears to be an unidentifiable man feverishly shaking his arm near his crotch while sitting behind the wheel of a car. And there's a, that, you can actually see the video of it, but I'm not going to play it. Uh, an Uber spokesperson told the Post that the rideshare delivery service is actively investigating the allegation. We are appalled by this allegation and have zero tolerance policy on any such behavior in Uber community. The company said in a statement, any driver found to have behaved in manner faces yeah, all the usual. Uh, she declined the post request for comment and an update to her buzzy bulletin. She shared a screenshot of an email from Uber, which read, we can confirm we have received your report and as a member of our senior safety team I'm reaching out to you, blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, if you have any questions or concerns, yeah, don't, uh, don't hesitate. Uh, in a separate tweet, she reassured her concerned followers that she safely escaped the unsettling incident unscathed. She said, I'm okay, and I'm talking with Uber and the police. I appreciate your love and support. And in response to her upsetting story, a swarm of online audience members began recounting their own uncomfortable encounters with unprofessional Uber drivers. And then there's a bunch of those listed. So um, actually, I couldn't tell if this takes place in New York or London because they said, and also the picture of the guy is sitting on the other side. So I guess this was in London. There's no dateline on here. So um, it's, this isn't the first time we've heard something like this, but I mean, if it makes the news, I think it's pretty funny. Um, if you go to this, there's a link in the show notes if you want to watch the actual video. I mean, there's no real, there's sound, but you can't, there's, you would think that. It doesn't look like he was doing that. Yeah. It, it, video, but what, in your opinion. 
I'm how many times you've seen it though? I'm just kidding. But if it was the one <laughs> you've seen it, did it look like he was doing something? Yeah. It, okay. But or I think it might be like a hoax or stage because the dude's pants are clearly on all the way up. Um. Well, if he's wearing jeans, Chad, he can. I mean, you know how you know how. It yeah. Works. I mean, I could just unzip <laughs> his fly, but. Um. um I, I I I don't know. It's never occurred to me to to do that with somebody else in the car <laughs> or in the car at all for that matter. Yeah. But these, when these situations happen, so they, they, they deactivated her because she reacted obvious in the obvious manner of what you're doing, why you're doing that. And then now they have to work it out. Like I know some people get mad at Uber for like not figuring out faster, but I, I don't know where you can really, I mean, maybe the communication should be quicker. Like as soon as this happened and I don't know how long she went to uber to explain it seemed like if she didn't make this video did uber were not even going to address the situation and investigate i'm not sure how that works i never i never had a problem with a, any kind of uber or lyft drive that i ever had so i don't even know how the i guess the methodology works in between these these kind of disputes but this guy should be in jail he should not yeah. be driving anyone anywhere i mean you know this type of thing is just it does not make yeah. uber look good i'll say that it, it, the, yeah. And getting back to what I said earlier is that when you have a low to zero barrier to entry is that any schmuck will do the job and then you have no way to filter out these types of people. Um, Chris, you, I'm sure this isn't the first time you've heard a story like this in all your oh. years. Of um, honestly, look, like I saw the video and, you know, it unless you have the, the other another camera angle or something. You know, yeah. you don't necessarily know what you're seeing. Like you could, that's the, that's the whole thing. When, when you have two people who are looking at a sunset, you know, one person is experiencing it completely different than the other person. So that's the whole question is like, was it, what was really going on? And, you know, I, I could see where that woman thought that was the case, but what if he was just like had beaten to the, to the drum? And I don't mean it that way but like <laughs> what if he what if like he's got the music going and he, like he's kind of in it and you know you, you get that handshake or something yeah. um i mean that could have been it so like unless you know specifically exactly what happened you know we, we i i, I kind of want to stay away from that because we just don't know and you know and unless the uh you know a jury finds them guilty or something at that point yeah. then then we can then i can share that but yeah i I, I, until something's proven, you know, innocent until I guess guilty. I guess so, the yeah. idea, if, if, if that was happening and she really didn't want to make sure that this person gets in trouble and deactivated, she should have. I mean, it's hard to say because it's probably disgusting, but you have to show some level of like the real thing. So there yeah. is no dispute. There isn't a, well, it looked like it or it may not. Do you know exactly? Hey, yes, it's this disgusting act, but I want to make sure that I film it. So, Uber, there's no Uber can't wait to find a way to, to you know, say, well, yeah. this was a problem or not. So that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. And what yeah, they I really mean, buried in this article is that it said she got deactivated first because I guess the driver complained about her, but they don't say what caused that. So I would assume maybe she was like cussing him. Well, yeah. They, they mentioned that in there that she started cussing him out. And then I guess the driver was like, you know, how dare you yell at me while I'm trying to get this going, you know? <laughs> um well and and that's the whole thing like she could he could have been let's just i mean think about it you're sitting in the car for you know extended time he he probably could be in there for a couple hours maybe he had some coffee maybe he's got some jitters or something who knows 
And maybe he's just, you know, got to get that movement out. And, you know, she sees something, cusses him out. He's, he's like, why are you doing that? You know, there, there's two sides to every story. And that's the whole thing. Like when you see these videos, they're cut to a certain point to, to prove the mm -hmm. point of what that person's trying to make. But what happens when you're getting into the car? What happens when all the way to, to when you're exiting? You know, you got to see the entire story to actually know what truly happened. So well, that's just a, seeing from that angle, you don't really necessarily know exactly what happened. That, that's what makes me think it's like either a hoax or, or something, because if this woman is a dominatrix because she's on OnlyFans. It's probably like, come to my OnlyFans to see how this, the full, the full unedited video you're not going to see on NewYorkPost.com, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's a, uh, it's, it, I don't know, this... It, are you gonna check that account out, Chad? No, no, thanks. Um, just, just asking. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's let's go with something a little uplifting to end the show here. Uh, and this, I'm sure this is right up Hannibal's alley. Amazon driver finds and cares for lost Las Vegas dog on delivery route until owner is located. Actually, there's something slightly controversial about this, which uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to read this real quick. A little lost dog in Las Vegas found a guardian angel wandering the streets. The meeting happened early morning when Edie Dotan was on shift and as an Amazon flex driver, which is what I do. Uh, and then she talks about what an Amazon flex driver is. During a recent shift, she was surprised by a center unusually quiet route. It was early in the morning. It was cold outside. I was walking up to the house. I heard this quick movement near my feet. She found a small dog that was scared and looked lost when she looked down. She rang the doorbell of the home she was standing in front of, but no one answered. Worried about the dog spending time outside alone in the cold, she checked the pet's collar and uh, had the ID tag in his name, Yoshi, and a phone number. I could tell I couldn't tell if that Yoshi was friendly, so I brought him in my car while I called the number on his tag. I turned on it, the heat to get him warmed up and give him some water. I called several times but nobody picked up. He was happy in the car and even came over and sat in my lap while I was parked. So I decided to get the best plans. So keep him with me and while I made the deliveries until I could get in touch with his family. Yoshi turned out to be an excellent and adorable sidekick. He was the cutest dog. Uh, blah blah blah. Heard from the owner after a few hours on the early morning route. Uh, dog's grateful pet parents called her back and set up a time to reunite with their lost pup. Um, and their everybody was grateful. So, um, I mean, this thing had a happy ending, but I don't know, like to actually take the dog, like that could be considered, well, maybe not kidnapping, but theft because, um, you know, I see dogs and cats, especially at doing when I'm doing my Amazon routes, um, and it's never occurred to me that they were lost or astray or anything like that. Um, and it's never occurred to me unless it was like, you know, look like it just got, you know, into a fight or it was like all, you know, you know, super sickly or something. I would, it's never occurred to me to like take a, a, a dog with me or anything like that. Unless like, unless I absolutely had to go to the vet or animal hospital or whatever. So, um, Hannibal, you're the, the big, uh, animal guy. Um, I don't know. Do you think this woman did the right thing by taking the dog with her? Or, I mean, w would some people consider that theft or something? No, I think she did the great, she did the right thing. It really depends on the situation, the neighborhood you're in, um, how the dog looks sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, where a dog looks like they're scared, like there's afraid, there's something there. They have a collar. Usually a dog has a collar that has some tags. It may, probably belongs to somebody. Um, the dog walked around with no tags at all. You may assume is a stray. Um, it really, it really depends on the situation. Like I never, I've I've seen strays. I've seen stray cats. Didn't assume that they were lost. So like if they like they're on there moving and doing their thing, then I'll just leave them alone. 
Um, but it must have been a special situation that she thought, like, yeah, this dog is lost. And good thing she yeah. did because she, she took the dog. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think I, again, it comes down to situation, and you know, you you can see and and kind of make the judgment there. Uh, I think her complete intent was trying to help the dog, especially trying to call that number, making sure. Um, you know, I saw a dog that ran out into the, to a street before, and I stopped to to see what was going on. Um, there was no tags or anything, uh, so I actually there, the only tag was the the rabies cert. So I called up the the vet. I was actually able to get the address, which was for that house, but still the dog shouldn't be out in the street playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's one of those things where, you know, I think people can figure out, is this something that you sh- should step in and see? Uh, and then the only other thing I want to know is uh, that this story didn't really mention was, was that dog supposed to be at that house or was the, 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 the family somewhere else and the dog was actually lost? Yeah. Um, yeah. so that, that's the only thing that kind of left out, but, um, overall, I think, you know, her intent was to try to help, uh, she tried doing that and, you know, she got hold of the, the people and reunited them with the family. So I don't think there was any ill intent there, but I think, uh, uh, she did a good thing there. Cool. Um, yeah, I, so anyway, we have one more story, but this is, this is a long like listicle from boardpanda.com 50 wild and unexpected pictures from the lives of delivery drivers it's it's kind of like buzzfeed it's just mostly like memes and pictures and stuff like this i would love to go over all of these one by one um but um because there's 50 of them this would take an hour (laughs) so uh maybe we'll save that for another show i know hannibal said he, he had a run so uh this seems like a good place to end um uh you guys got anything to plug I know Hannibal is pretty much a regular on Steve Johnson's show now. So that's like every Thursday yeah, every night. Thursday, me, Kim, Gary, if he's still in the chat. And then <laughs> we always have a guest. Uh, we start talking about all types of things in the world of the gig, gig economy. So you'll see me there next uh, Thursday. Yep. What about you, Chris? Got anything coming up? Uh, just, you know, show me the money club over on the rideshare guy. Real rideshare stories, the channel. And then even if you want to see uh, some of the scams that are out there, especially prevalent, you know, our other channel, Scammer Jammer. I got to check that out. <laughs> Gary said, great show, but it is still early. But you are yeah. up. You know, you could you could watch this on the replay or download the audio podcast, which, you know, I it's not that I would prefer people to listen to the audio podcast, but the whole point of the show is that this is an audio podcast that happens to be live streamed on YouTube, and you can just download the podcast whenever you have a chance, you know, listen to it while you're driving around at the gym, whatever it is you're due. I think that's what the two, the two things is either driving or working out while you're doing, uh, while you're listening to a uh, podcast or maybe mm-hmm. like house cleaning or something like that, you know, walking the dog, something. So, um, yeah, I would love to do that whole 50 listicle thing. There's links in the show notes. If anybody wants to check it out, I thought it was pretty funny um maybe we could do a whole separate video on that sometime but uh happy sunday everybody and you know you still got the whole rest of the day sunday is usually a busy day and actually i'm going to turn on instacart and corner shop um in a little bit so thanks to chris and hannibal um it's funny uh you know now i'm going to go head to head with steve johnson because i thought about moving the thursday show from the morning to the evening um what time do you guys start on thursday okay we'll probably start at like eight or 10 so either you'll be starting when we're finishing or we'll start when you're finishing so i guess it's not exactly uh head to head so all right have a good uh day everybody um 
be safe out there. Keep hustling. And I will see you on. Oh, actually, you know, I forgot to let me do this real quick. I forgot to plug the next uh, interview show on Tuesday is going to be with Gig Cleveland. So check that out. That'll be Tuesday night at eight o'clock. Um, I haven't created the video yet, but I will do that probably today. So, all right. Uh, have a great day, everybody. And I will see you real soon. All right. Bye. Later.